Hey, sister, on your path to financial fulfillment, we understand the challenges you face. We get it. The juggle of career, personal life, spiritual growth, and finances, it can be overwhelming. But guess what? You're not alone. It's a journey, and we're here for it. Join our empowering community that resonates with faith-filled women just like you. Ready to take charge of your financial destiny? Connect with us by joining our email list at www.mytfcoach.com forward slash milestones. And as a special gift, we'll send you five milestones for wealth and wisdom, a strategic guide for financial fulfillment. Embrace the opportunity for growth and transformation, and together we'll navigate the path of wealth and wisdom. Go to www.mytfcoach forward slash milestones today and start your journey towards financial fulfillment because sister, you deserve it. Everything feels urgent. Everything feels like an emergency. Everything feels like it has to be done right now. And so because of that, it is wearing our souls out. And when I say our soul, I'm talking about your mind, your will, and your emotions. Mm -hmm. And when that soul is broken, we wonder why we can't connect with heavenly things. Mm -hmm. We wonder why we have a hard time staying in the spirit and being in the spirit and hearing from God and spending time with him. Because often it's not a spirit problem. It's a soul problem. Your mind, your will, and your emotions are exhausted from the trials of life, from the daily grind, from the expectations. Today on Wealth and Wisdom Together with our guest, Dr. Patrice Buckner-Jackson, we are talking about eliminating the crushing weight of burnout. Welcome to Wealth and Wisdom Together with Wesleya and Willa. This is the podcast that empowers you to unleash your steward identity, transform your money mindset, and engage the habits to manage money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally. So sit back and relax as we dig deeper into wealth and wisdom together. Hey, family. We're so glad that you're listening to Wealth and Wisdom Together. Now, if you're here, we know you want to tap into your steward identity and grow in wealth and wisdom. That means you want to manage your money confidently, live your life purposefully, and intentionally build wealth, while at the same time caring for your spirit, your mind, your body, and don't forget your relationships. Care for them all. Now, we believe according to Ecclesiastes 7 and 12, where the word tells us for together, wisdom and money are alike in this. Both offer protection from life's misfortunes. But the real advantage of knowledge is this. Wisdom alone preserves the lives of those who have it. So we just want to help you tap into that advantage, that advantage of wealth and wisdom together. So let's get started. Today's episode is all about disrupting burnout in your life. And we have a very special guest joining us today. She is on a mission, I tell you, to help professional <laughs> yes. women live confidently in their unique purpose. Get this, without the crushing weight of burnout. Mm -hmm. In fact, she's just released a new book on the topic called Disrupting Burnout, 
the professional woman's lifeline to finding purpose, which has already become a number one new release and bestseller on Amazon. Our guest is also the host of the Disrupting Burnout podcast, and this is actually her second time joining us on our show. She was yes. actually a guest when it was formerly called the Abundant Living Podcast on episode 17. So if you want to get a, a second opportunity <laughs> to hear from her, go check out that episode. But whether you're feeling overwhelmed, fatigued, or just looking for some inspiration to live more intentional in your life, to step into your purpose without continuing these cycles of burnout, you do not want to miss this episode. So let me tell you a little bit more about Dr. PBJ, our sister and our friend. Yeah. She is known, as I said, she's Dr. Patrice Buckner Jackson, and she's known within her community as Dr. PBJ. And she gives educators strategies for accomplishing purposeful work without burnout. Now, Dr. PBJ is an educator of almost 25 years and an executive coach for more than 10 years. And she holds a doctoral degree in education administration, served in education leadership at colleges and universities, and facilitates leadership training as a faculty member of the Center for Creative Leadership. Now, Dr. Jackson worked in higher education at many levels, from student assistant to the president's cabinet, and is the recipient of several professional awards and accolades. Dr. Jackson also founded the Educare Training and Consulting, LLC, out of a purpose pouring into those who pour out so much. I love that. Yes. Mm, mm, mm. Much of her work is specifically focused on equipping and refreshing educators. Compassionate work can carry a high price tag. Your mind, your body, your spirit, and relationships. Wow, that sounds so familiar. Those are the key fivefold areas of life that we always That's want right. to make sure That's that people right. have harmony in as it relates to money. But money and work and burnout sometimes all goes together and things get out of balance. And so we're glad that she is here so that if if you do have some distress in those areas, she is here to serve you. Dr. Jackson leads her community to serve well without paying an ultimate price. Sister, friend. We're so happy PBJ. that you are here. Dr. <laughs> PBJ. Yes. We are so happy that you are here. We see all that God is doing in your life, the book, everything. Thank you for being here. Oh my gosh. Listen, I love you ladies. I'm <laughs> mad. So you didn't have to tell me twice. Just tell me when. Okay? <laughs> Just tell me when. I know and that's I'm right. Right here. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share with you and your community again. I count it in honor. Yes. Oh, we're so happy to celebrate with you. I wish I had some sparkling cider. The toast <laughs> and say cheers to the yes. launch of yeah. your new Whoa, book. Yeah. And it was so exciting to go along the journey with you in writing the book. But we're going to get into all of that. We're going to get into all of that. We often remind our clients that everyone has a money story. Mm-hmm. And in this money story, this is where you have past experiences and observations from your family, from culture, from even religion that impacts and influences financial decisions and your money behaviors. You ask a question that is similar to the question that we even ask about creating the money story is like, how did you learn about money? Where you're asking, 
What is your definition of work and where did you learn it? Yeah, it, it aligns with the question that you all ask because it goes back to, I teach three strategies for disrupting burnout. Mm-hmm. One is checking your baggage. In order to check your baggage, you have to ask yourself some powerful questions. Mm. What are those systems, standards, ideas, beliefs that you've been taught, that you picked up along the way, that you learned either formally or informally, and you carry them in what I call your invisible backpack. Mm. And that invisible backpack determines how you show up for work. That invisible backpack determines how you spend your money. That invisible backpack determines the decisions that you're making in your daily life. So one of those powerful questions I love to ask is, what is your definition of work? And let's take it further. Who taught you? And is it in alignment with who you are today? So I'll share with you, I am from Crockettville, South Carolina. Now, listen, if you know about Crockettville, we're cousins. I'm just just letting you know we are cousins. Is that big? Okay. Crockettville is a small farming community. I I mean, there are not many people there other than my grandparents and my parents right now. And in Crockettville, work was backbreaking, sweat-inducing work. And it was survival. It was wake up before the sun and don't come home until the sun goes down. I remember my stepfather working shift work. So he would work eight hours or 12 hours, come home, take a nap and go to the field. Because that's what you do. You work and you don't complain because that's how we survive. So I learned that work was survival. I took that definition to the university setting. And in that setting, I had to be the first one at work every day. If somebody's car beat me at work, whose car is that? I'll get you tomorrow because you won't be as dedicated as I am. If people were still working and I was trying to leave, I would feel like I was missing something. What am I supposed to be doing? Well, I guess I can't go home because we are not going home. I said yes to every assignment, yes to every committee, because in my mind, I'm thinking my people are still in Crockettville. They're still in the fields and I'm in this cushy office with the air conditioning. So I can't say no because work was survival. And that definition of work almost took me out of here because it didn't fit. It no longer fit who I was or what I needed. No disrespect to what we've learned. We can honor our people better by expanding our definitions as opposed to just adopting the definition. Sometimes we just adopt what we were taught Mm -hmm. and we carry it forward. But how does that honor them when your life is not better from the hard work that they've done? So your life should be better. There should be, there should be some increase. There should be some some getting better with every generation. That's how you honor the people who came before you. So I will always ask my clients, what is your definition of work? And you'll be amazed at what I've heard. I mean, folks who say their parents told them that work is not supposed to be fun. It's work. You're not supposed to enjoy it. It's work. Work is work and you just do it because you got to pay these bills. Other folks who learned that you have to be available all the time, all the time. I met a woman in Savannah, Georgia. Her father was the physician in a small town. Well, he never had a day off. Even if it was a day off, it wasn't a real day off. If he wasn't at the office, people would come to their house. 
So then she took that definition that you always have to be available. She became a teacher. Her kids would leave her classroom and go to out after school care. She's going to after school care to take care of her kids. She didn't work there. He else was picking up her children while she is still at the school taking care of everybody else's children. Wow. What is your definition of work? Mm. Who taught you? And is it in alignment with who you are and what you need today? You know, that is so powerful because Wes and I were sharing a little earlier just before we came on and I was talking about my work ethic that mm. I learned from my dad. My my, He was a worker. I mean, functionally illiterate, sure. but the hardest worker I knew. And that's what I learned. And you are so right. I love it when you say that it should honor my work, should honor those who taught me. It doesn't honor him if it burdens me or burns me out. No, it doesn't. But in my mind, I've always thought, oh, I got a good work ethic because daddy told me, but we mm -hmm. enhance it. We improve it and we show those who come behind us mm -hmm. that it could be better and more powerful. The only thing that I remember is telling myself he worked with his hands. Yeah but I'm going to work with my hand. I'll work as hard as you, but it won't be physically as hard as you, you know, yes. but we'll get the job done. But then you still get burnt out. Absolutely. You still get burnt out. Yeah. That's very powerful. I've seen that we, we use work ethic to justify workaholism. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of the tendencies that we saw growing up, I think fell into workaholism only because that's what you had to do in order to to survive. Survive. And so based upon maybe your view of money or scarcity or poverty, that state that you were in drove you to work a certain way. And then other generations see that they mimic it in their own way. Not understanding what it's attached to, but then it morphs. I have a strong work ethic. Mm -hmm. But if we really sat back and look at the root of what we learned and of where we learned it and how we learned it, it might be rooted in in workaholism versus right. work ethic driving us to burnout. And just one more quick thought on that. The context is important. Right. Yes. Yes. So the context within which our parents, our grandparents, yes. folks who raised us were working through were much different than our context today. So we can't pick up what we learn from them and just drop it into today. It's right. not a fit. Right. So where my grandfather, again, functionally illiterate, he had to mm -hmm. stop going to school in sixth grade because he had to share crop and work like that. Yeah. His work ethic, he worked until the day that he couldn't work and he was gone from here a week mm -hmm. later. He was out of here when he could no longer work because for him to be able to work and to make a paycheck and be honored by a paycheck, his context told him he had made it. 
that all his life he dreamed of having that life where he could have a dependable paycheck. But because of his sacrifice, now I get the honor of living beyond that. And I have to honor him to live in my context and not in his. Yes. Yeah. You could keep the ends on your pot roast because your pot roast fits <laughs> the pot. It does that. fit in, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could, so you could enjoy the whole pot roast. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So you say burnout is not a self-care issue, but a soul care issue. So yeah. please elaborate on what you believe is the root cause of burnout. Absolutely. Folks always want to talk about time management. They want to talk about work-life balance. They want to talk about resilience. They, let me tell you something about resilience. Most folks who talk about burnout want to teach folks how to be more resilient. And what I'm finding as I engage with folks, coach and speak, they know how to be resilient. You know how to fall and get back up. You know how to be pushed into a corner and fight your way out. You know how to stand through a storm. What I'm finding is Folks have had to be resilient too often. So it's not lack of resilience. It's you had to over and over. We are living in a state of crisis, meaning mm -hmm. our nervous systems are mm -hmm. living in fight, flight, or freeze constantly. Yep. Constantly. And we were not created to live that way. Everything feels urgent. Everything feels like an emergency. Everything feels like it has to be done right now. Our brains are constantly telling us, well, we are in danger. We're in danger. We got to do this right now. We have to show up. And so because of that, it is wearing our souls out. And when I say our soul, I'm talking about your mind, your will, and your emotions. Mm -hmm. Our mind, our will, and our emotions. So I, I believe I, we have a body, our earth suit. Yes. And mm -hmm. then we have our spirit that connects us to heaven, right? Yes. So our spirit is connected to heaven our body is connected to earth and the soul is the bridge mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the soul is the bridge and when that soul is broken we wonder why we can't connect with heavenly things mm -hmm. we wonder why we have a hard time staying in the spirit and being in the spirit and hearing from god and spending time with him because often it's not a spirit problem it's a soul problem your mind, your will, and your emotions are exhausted from the trials of life, from the daily grind, from the expectations, mm -hmm. expectations that are put on folks in the professional world these days. It's inhumane. It's inhumane. It is not human to be able to carry all your things all at the same time, all the time. So we're walking around and we got our work stuff. Then we got our family stuff, we got our church stuff, and mama them needs something, mm -hmm. and cousin needs something, and you wonder why you're tired. You didn't say your your personal stuff. Where'd that go? Oh, right. That don't right. have space for that. <laughs> <laughs> where where you gonna put where you gonna put that? Yeah. And we yeah. People, what this is what leaders do. We carry yeah. all our things all at the same time. We do mm -hmm. teach that. It's taught. It's taught yeah. and we receive it. Yes. And yes. we wear it as a badge of honor. We do. We wear it as a badge of honor that I'm able to do this, 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 to this. Mm -hmm. I am, mm -hmm. I am woman, mm -hmm. hear me roar. I can do all the things. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's killing us. 
Yep. And oftentimes we're critical of those who don't. You mean to tell me you can't? Why? It's just add that on. Maybe they know something we don't. Mm -hmm. I remember the moments that I felt bad about shifting my priorities and focusing on my family rather Mm -hmm. than my career. And, and, And I was made to feel like, I don't know, like I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't choose to try to be this great financial advisor and and do all that while I was trying to raise our children and be a wife. And I got to a point where I saw what it was doing to me. And I didn't want it to, it hadn't affected my children and I didn't want it to. So after much prayer, the decision was made, hey, you know what? You can fall back from that so that you can be the stabilizer in this home because my husband was also growing his business at the time. But as a woman, sometimes you are made to feel that you should be able to do it all. You should be mm-hmm. able to do all that. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have to, in seasons, prioritize or pull back from something. I wouldn't change it for the world. I have... Mm-hmm. My daughters are 28 and 26 now, and I wouldn't change it. I was there for all the things. And that's not to say anything against the women who choose to flourish in their career as well as raise their children. But for me specifically, for me personally, that wasn't something that I knew that I could do and do it well. And so Mm -hmm. I pulled back from career so that I could raise them. Yeah. But God also told me that. By the time that they didn't need me anymore, I was going to be basically like in my prime and that would be my season. And so here I am in that season. But prior to that, it was just like, yeah, no, I'm going to focus on that. But again, there are moments when you do feel bad. You feel like I'm not doing something right or I'm not being lazy, but I don't know. You just feel like you are not taking this stand um, to show the world that you can be and do all things. Well, we got, I think that narrative, we need to honor that narrative too, right? Because we do feel like we're being lazy. We've been taught that. We, I am woman, hear me roar. I'm, I'm holding my muscles up. I got this, right? And it's an unfair standard. Um, we brought former first lady Laura Bush to speak to our students, um, a few years back. And um, before the speech, she had a dinner with a group of student leaders and they asked her, how do you do it all? You know, all the things that you've done, which is interesting. They never asked the male guests that, but always asked the women. But you're right. You're right. They don't ask them, how are you a father and a CEO? You never did. I sat in years of those dinners and they never asked the men, but they asked her that question. And she said, you can have it all, but not all at the same time. That's right. She said, when my babies were young, I was mama. She said, I wasn't on the campaign trail. I wasn't out starting programs or doing politics. I was mom. Mm -hmm. She said, when they got older and they didn't need me as much, then I could do other things. She said, you can have it all, but just not all at the same time. And the truth is, no matter what you choose, you're going to sacrifice something. No matter what your choice is, you are sacrificing something. So I want to encourage everyone to intentionally sacrifice. Don't become your own sacrificial lamb by mistake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's real. Mm -hmm. Intentionally decide what you're willing to pay and where you draw your line and what you're unwilling to pay. That's important. 
And I think when you do that, you need to be okay with your decision <laughs> because it reminds me of my marrying, going to school part-time and working, not able to participate in all of the social events and family things. I miss those things, but that's okay. <laughs> because since that time, I've been able to engage with those family members and everybody's got pictures and videos and photos and we sit down and talk about it and girl, we did this and girl, we did that. And then we still enjoy. There's still time, but I had to make a conscious effort because I knew and my husband and I, we knew where we wanted to go. So we decided we're going to work here. We're going to educate ourselves there. We're going to by here, we're going to do whatever we want to do to build ourselves. And then once we build ourselves, we'll get back with family and not able, not only able to get back with them, but to help them as well. We had more knowledge where we could help bring them along and show them and help to engage them. And we would all be together. And we're okay with that. We're okay. I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm glad I wasn't available to be in some of them weddings because some of them dresses up like, hold on, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I don't. <laughs> I just got a memory. <laughs> sorry. She had a flashback. Come on oh back, brother. Come on back. I, I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so, it was a pretty event, though. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't say a name. Do not. All right, okay. Listen, now let me tell you, I've I've heard you talk about the I got it. Mm. And I had that. Mm-hmm. Since you had that bad. I had that bad. Oh, you had that bad too? I I had that. I got it. I got it. So, I yeah, got it. I, I think I've had it and probably in some degree still got it. <laughs> explain that a little bit more. What are, When you speak of the I got it, what are yeah. you referring to? Absolutely. Yeah. So you all are referring to what I call the cycle of burnout. It's an official definition of burnout from the World Health Organization, and they call it an occupational phenomenon. Hmm. Now, I am not equipped to stand against the who, but if you will allow me, I, will, I would like to give you a spoonful of PBJ. I have yet to meet any person who can keep burnout just to work. Yeah. It impacts every part of their life. I know some people who go to work for the break. So I've heard that. Yeah. So when I talk about the cycle of burnout, there are three phases in the cycle. The first cycle is surviving. Mm -hmm. In surviving, you can feel the pressure. You can feel the weight. You know it's too much, but you just don't know how to stop. You feel like you're on a roller coaster and you really want somebody to stop the ride so you can catch your breath, but it just won't stop. And you don't know how to stop it. Well, I have the job now. I have the kids now. I've already said yes to this. I'm already engaged. So PBJ, I'm in this life now. How do I stop? You are well aware that it's out of order, it's out of alignment, and it's too much, but you don't know what to do. So you're not thriving, you're just surviving. And when we ask, how are you? I'm fine. How's the family? They're fine. Work is fine. Everything's fine. Fine is a mask word because we weren't created just to be fine. We were created to thrive. All right. And if you are not thriving at some point in your life, You're just surviving it every day, just getting through, just barely making it, climbing up the rough side of the mountain, friend. That is not 
That is not what God called you to. So that's surviving, right? If you don't do something different in surviving, then you move to the phase I call overwhelm. This is what y'all were talking about. Overwhelm and overwhelm the water level of your life is rising and you fighting to keep your head above water. And overwhelm, it starts to tell on you. And surviving, you wear your mask well. It looks good. You know you're suffering, but nobody else knows. You're just making it look good. But in overwhelm, that mask starts to crack. And in overwhelm, well, can I help you? I got it. Well, I'm going to call and check on you. I got it. I got it. Um, what about that project? Let's do it together. I got it. The I got it is a football stiff arm that says, if I really let you in here, I'm afraid you might think differently of me. Mm. Even though I need your help, I can't let you in here. Because if I let you in, you might be concerned. If I let you in, you might think that I can't handle my part. You might think that I'm not okay. So I cannot let you in here because I can't let you see what's going on. So that's the I got it. I got it is a really, it's really a cry for help. I got it is really a fence around yourself to say, I've got to keep this chaos to myself. It's one thing to be in the cycle of burnout, but it's another level to feel like you can't tell nobody. When you are in the cycle of burnout and you can't talk about it, that's torture. It is. Who do I tell? Who cares? Who would Mm -hmm. even care? And then if they care, can they even help me? Who Mm -hmm. can help me? So you keep it to yourself and you just keep going. You just keep showing up. You just keep working because we were taught not to quit. We were taught not to complain. So you just keep going. And if you don't change, if you don't do something different, then you make it to the final stage of the cycle of burnout. And I define burnout as the automatic involuntary shutdown. Something breaks. Mm. Something breaks. For me, I walked away from a 20-year career with no notice. I had made it to my highest promotion as vice president of a university. And I was in that position for 10 months and I walked out of my job and I have still to this day, haven't been back to that campus. Mm. I didn't go to work planning to quit my job that day. I didn't go to work with the letter written. I went to work broken. I cried all the way to work, cleaned my face up to go into the building got into the building and literally had to hold my weight up by holding the desk because I couldn't even hold myself up anymore. Something in me broke. Yeah. And I quit. You can't plan burnout Mm. and you can't tell it how to show up. So you can't say, well, burnout, just hold up. I'm going to get a break in two weeks. So you just stay in the corner. Mm -hmm. I'll go home and fall apart and then I'll come back. Okay. Burnout is rude. Burnout is a thief. It will show up Mm -hmm. when and how it wants to. We have a mutual sister, um, Lindsay Ray Perry. Oh yeah. She Mm -hmm. shares. Mm -hmm. She was, she was Mm -hmm. crossing the street in in DC and collapsed. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. When help came, she didn't know her name or where she lived. Mm -hmm. Yes. Burnout in burnout, something breaks. Something breaks and you can't hide it anymore. So we talk about disrupting the cycle Mm -hmm. because our goal is to interrupt and dismantle. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Not to just help you get your breath back and you feel better for a mm-hmm. minute. And then mm. you're back in the cycle again. No, we want to break that sucker. We mm-hmm. want to beat burnout so that when you notice, when you see your signs, this is not about creating some utopian world where everything mm-hmm. is perfect and you're never stressed out. If you find that place, invite me because I would and love me. to be there. <laughs> <laughs> love to be there. That's not this heaven. Is, no, uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> going, not now. Mm-hmm. Not right now. Mm-hmm. But this is about recognizing the signs of in yourself. Recognizing what I call your tail, T-E-L-L. How do you know when you're overwhelmed? How does your body speak to you? Mm -hmm. Your mind speaks to you. Your Mm -hmm. emotions speak to you. Your most critical relationships. So people share headaches, migraines, muscle aches, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. stomach, stomach. Mm-hmm. Systems mm-hmm. in their bodies not operating the way that they should, and you just push them off. Some people carry a whole pharmacy in their purse instead of going to the doctor. They got every if whatever reliever you need, they have it because they are literally just surviving. They're literally their body is screaming at yeah. them. Mm-hmm. I know people who have gone to the doctor and the doctor saying, I can't find anything wrong with you. Yeah. I don't know where this headache is coming from. I don't know where this respiratory issue is coming from. I don't know where this digestive issue is coming from. Friend, it's, it's stress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's burnout. Mm-hmm. And your body, your mind, your emotions, and your most critical relationships will let you know. Yes, that's right. And your pocketbook. And your pocketbook. Yes. Yes, there are a lot of things that we do when we're burnt out with our money, especially in that season when you're trying to mask it. Mm-hmm. We are buying, we're buying dinners, we're going out, mm-hmm. we're buying more makeup, we're buying more hair, we're buying more. Yeah, it's a lot. And like you said, we're doing the band aid things, mm-hmm. we're doing the spa. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying that you can't do the spa. I do the spa, I need it because your body does need that. But yeah. if we are understanding like where all this is coming from and can go beyond that, like you said, to the soul work, it will have an effect and it will have a detrimental effect on your pocketbook. Because then yeah. also in burnout, you're overwhelmed with your finances. You might not be paying attention. So now you might not be paying your bills on time. And so now you got late fees. And then the things that happens financially compounds to the burnout that you're already feeling. Because it's like, doggone, how did I forget to do that? Or how did I forget to call this person and say I need an extension? Or how did I forget to call this person and say cut this off? I don't want this service anymore. Or whatever the case may be, it could just lead you to spending more money or borrowing more money than you plan to or want to carry. My goodness. Those same phases, like as you were going through the phase, and just as Wes has articulated right now, you think about the surviving, Mm -hmm. that same surviving space, same thing happens in finance, masking, I got this, you know, I can do it. No, I don't need any help. Mm. I, I know how to fix my money. I know how to manage and pay my bills. Yes, you may, but. You don't want to go to the that overwhelmed stage, which Wes was expressed. You don't want to go there. Yeah. And then even to that final stage where it's just all gone crazy. And before you know it, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to get there. It doesn't. You can eliminate that by just 
asking for help. Don't have pacifiers in your purse. Yeah. Just ask for help because everybody needs help sometimes. On the flip side of the spending where you don't want to, Mm -hmm. if you can slow yourself down and intentionally get the help, there's support that you could pay for that might help ease that burnout. Yeah. You get a housekeeper. Yes. Yeah. Get a driver for your kids to pick them up and take them to school. You got kids that's got extracurriculars in five different areas. You might need to hire a driver. Yeah. Back and forth. Florine Marks, before she passed, she was the president of Weight Watchers, the Michigan Mm -hmm. franchise, Mm -hmm. one of the largest franchises of Weight Watchers in Michigan. And she told a story at a women's leadership panel about that, about how, because people, that question, how are you doing it all? And she said, I don't do it all. She says, I do what I do, what I need to do. And there are things that I prioritize that mm-hmm. I know that I have to put my hand on. But some of the things I don't have to do that. And so I get the support to help me. She said, I don't feel bad having a housekeeper. I don't feel bad having someone do my grass. And I, and she did. She says, I hire people that I trust to drive my kids back and forth to their activities. So that was just her story, but there are different things that you can do financially to Mm -hmm. help assist you from getting to a point of burnout if Mm -hmm. you would only recognize some of those symptoms, as you're saying, and reach out and get the support that you need. That's that's something that I wrote in the book. Helpers are difficult to help. Some of Mm -hmm. us are difficult to receive help Mm -hmm. because we're used to being the helper. Yeah. We're not used to receiving help. In our minds, somehow we've been taught that receiving help is weakness and we don't know how to receive help. There's a story that I share in the book of how I watched some of my family members and they did domestic work. They cleaned mm-hmm. other folks' houses. Mm-hmm. And I was five or six and I remember looking at it and, and thinking, that's not fair. They shouldn't have to do that. They shouldn't have to do that. So I had this narrative in my head mm. that I couldn't ask people to help me in that way because I shouldn't ask them to do that. But what mm-hmm. I didn't understand was those people were empowering yes. my, my family members and they were kind to them and supporting them. And what I found yes. out for myself is I can support female businesses and minority businesses by contracting with people to help me. So we have to be open to receive help. And the other thing, Willa, you talked about, well, I know, I know just because you know better don't mean you do better, friend. That's right. There's a lot we know. There's a lot we know, but it doesn't mean we do that. I'm going to share this real quick with y'all because it feels appropriate. I haven't told this story, but before my burnout, when I took that job, my husband shared with me that he felt called by God to save extravagantly. And that was the first time that he has said that to me. And I'll be on, I'm the spender in the house. He used to say, <laughs> so when he came to me, I wasn't really feeling it at first. I'm like, look, we good. Like we good, good. This is the best we ever been. Mm-hmm. We good. You like save extravagantly. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> but I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's for our dream home or whatever. So I reluctantly agreed. When I tell you what we saved sustained us, I was, I left a six figure, a good six figure, not just barely, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A good six figure job. And mm-hmm. I was out of work for five months. I went from wonderful paycheck to nothing. And bills keep coming, y'all. I'm just here to tell you, bills keep coming. 
we were fine for the whole time that I was out of work because we honored God and I yes. honored my husband. I did yes. not hear that, but he did. Yes. And because he led us in that, we were financially fine the entire time I was out of work until I went back to work in January 2020. And look at that marital relationship. He heard God. He went to his wife. Yes. And you submitted to mm-hmm. that word that came from God through him. Yes. yes. And that sustained you all. Mm-hmm. I had a little attitude now, Willa. Just a little oh, bit. Girl. I, no, I know you I did. Had, I know. I'll be honest. I had a little bit of an attitude, but I did submit. And I'm so grateful. We didn't know what yeah. was happening. Yeah. And he didn't know. Yeah. I love that God positioned him as part of your exit strategy, even though you didn't know it. (laughs) So the word word tells us that God always gives us an escape. He always gives us a way of escape. And again, for him, like Willis said, for him to be so positioned and in tune with not only God, but you and the Holy Spirit in your relationship to say, Okay, I don't know why we need to save like this, but we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Because God said so. Because God said so. Yep. Praise God. Where you were when you walked away from that job and that burnout allowed you to be free. Yes. And you didn't have to add to it as you settled and say, oh, Lord, now how are we going to do it? Which would have <laughs> yep. could have spiraled you back again. So it, it all works together. And this is why we knew it was important to have this conversation because it all goes together. It, does. it all goes together. And so <laughs> these emergency funds that we're talking about, you don't know what the emergency is. Or when it's coming. Or when it's going to come. No. Or what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. If you're in a position, I pray that those of you listening who who are listening to these symptoms and these telltale signs that you don't allow yourself to get to the point of burnout to the point where you're completely depleted and snaps and walking out your marriage and leaving your children or leaving your job or you know walking away from your church or you know what i'm saying like you that you have you recognize the signs and you understand that in all of your provisioning god allows us to provision for these types of things even though we might not see it right now Mm. so Build your emergency fund because you just don't know how you need that yes. provision moving forward. Yes. You just you just brought something to my attention that I hadn't paid attention to before. That act of obedience gave me room to heal. Exactly. It allowed me space to heal. And the work that I'm doing today was birthed in that time. That's when God started speaking to me about the business and the coaching and the speaking. I didn't know exactly what it was going to be, but all of this started during those five months while I was out of work. And the only way I could heal and be open to hear and just sit is through that act of obedience of getting our money right. That was the only way that I was able to do that. And sometimes we pray and ask God for a miracle, but he was like, I sent you the miracle six months ago, but you weren't. Come on. Come on. I sent the flour, the butter, the sugar, the eggs. I sent the (laughs) boat, the, you know what I'm saying? The helicopter, the ladder. I sent what you needed. 
what I wanted you to do. Do it. Yeah. Wait a minute. For somebody, he's sending this podcast episode. Exactly. That's it. Mm-hmm. For somebody, he's to your heart right now. Mm-hmm. You know that you need to work with Willa and Wesley. Or you know that you need to get your affairs in order. You might not know what's coming, but something in you is turning and stirring, saying, yes. I know I need this. Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. Your body, your life, your spirit speaks to you. Pay mm-hmm. attention to be obedient. And you know, much mm-hmm. of our family is Christian. We speak mm-hmm. of our listeners as family. And so we often talk about storehousing. Yes. So if you don't want to call it an emergency fund Mm. or a contingency fund or the I just don't know or the earmark fund, whatever. Listen to what the word says about storehousing. Absolutely. So let's storehouse so that we can be prepared when God calls. That's what you all did. And you were prepared. And there's a commanded blessing on our storehouse. Yes. Yes. Mm. Okay. Mm. I felt that. Deuteronomy. There's a commandment blessing on the storehouse. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. he honors the storehouse, which is another reason why saving that preparation is so important. Start somewhere. Do it. Let it build. Let it grow. Let it accumulate. Because like you said, the space for healing. Mm If you get to that point where you have to walk away, there are environments that are just that toxic. And what adds into that cycle of burnout is that we just don't have the wherewithal to reset. Yeah. We don't feel the freedom because we haven't done what we need to do. And it's not always traumatic. It's not always traumatic. When I transitioned, so I went back to work in January 2020. And then towards the end of 21, I felt the Lord transitioning me again. And that was quick because I didn't Mm. expect, I didn't expect it to be that quick, but he was transitioning me again. When the Lord spoke and told me to go full-time in this business, when he said, by the end of the year, let this job go, that it doesn't, it's not always just trauma. It may not be burnout for you. It may not be a toxic environment. You may be being called to your next thing, yes. but being a good steward over today will allow you to obey tomorrow. Yes. That's right. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Yes. So on that note, get the book. All right. And she's going to tell us more about how you can get the book. Is the podcast back up? I know you took a break to write. So is the podcast back up? It will be back in March. In March. Okay. Okay. You're going to have opportunity to connect with Dr. PBJ. But before we let her go, we need her to do two things. First thing we want you to answer, what does wealth and wisdom mean to you? Mm -hmm. That's the question that we ask all of our guests. All of our guests. Mm -hmm. And then another thing that we do over here is anytime, if you are a new listener, any topic that we have, most of our topics are saturated in the word, but if we haven't done it throughout the podcast, then we always want to make sure that we seal the topic with the word, yes. with wisdom from the word. Because again, wisdom comes from God. His truth is in his word. Mm-hmm. And so we always want the truth. What does he say about this topic? We always want to seal the episode with that. So those are two things. What does having wealth and wisdom mean to you? And can you seal this with word with the seal this 
episode with, with wisdom, wisdom from, from the word. The word. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Wealth and wisdom together for me is freedom. Man. Wealth alone is not enough. There are plenty of people who have lived through and exhausted wealth because they don't have the wisdom above everything. So when you are blessed with wealth in every area and you have wisdom of how to steward it, that's freedom. Mm -hmm. It's freedom to obey. It's freedom to live. It's freedom from burden. It is freedom to me. And I'm so honored that you would ask me to share from the word of God. There's a scripture that has held me and it is the foundation of the book. So in several places in the book, I refer back to this scripture. It's Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, specifically the message translation. And I'll just read it. It says, are you tired, worn out? burned out on religion, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I just love that. That's right. And that passage is one of our pastor's favorite passages. Mm -hmm. Learning the unforced rhythms of grace. That's beautiful. He promised in, in the King James Version, it says, His yoke is easy and his burden is. And that literally means that what he's assigned you to is a perfect fit for you. It may drag the next woman down, but for you, it fits like a glove. Yes. So when we find ourselves in burnout, I challenge us to look at what we're carrying. Because if it's overwhelming you, overburdening you, if you're overperforming, overachieving, overworking, there's something on your plate that he didn't give you. Mm. What he has right. in your life is a good, it's a perfect fit. I receive that. Yes, mm. yes, yes. I receive that. Yeah. This is good. I, do we I have to stop? <laughs> we listen. So we have to stop this episode, but. Dr. PBJ is actually going to be doing a power session in our Wealth and Wisdom Steward Circle on January 30th. So hear more and get more of this is by coming on over to the Wealth and Wisdom Steward Circle. There is a way that you can get information about that Steward Circle by going to our website and you can get on the email list so that we can send you that information about that power session. So please make sure that you get on our email list so we can send that to you. But Dr. PBJ, please tell everybody, all of our listeners here, what else you have going on so they can connect with you. Oh my goodness. Well, this <laughs> book right here. I know that's right. You better talk <laughs> about that book. book. That's right. <laughs> this book is the most complete work I've ever done. Um, Amen. I speak, I coach There's only so much you can give people at one time. Mm -hmm. And in this book, Holy Spirit led me to say it all. 
Amen. Um, so my story, but also the strategies that he's given me to disrupt burnout. So I encourage everyone to go to disruptingburnoutbook.com. Disruptingburnoutbook.com. You can order your book there. You can order for your book club, for your devotional group, for your church, for your team. You can order for everybody so that you can read this together. But I would encourage you to start there. And we have our heart work community. We have our podcast that's coming back. But start with the book. Mm-hmm. Disruptingburnoutbook.com. Go get this transformation, y'all. I promise you. I promise you, it is the breath that you've been waiting for. I'm so excited for you to get this in your hands because we all have our friends that are showing the signs. Let this be your next read and read it together. Join us on January 30th. (laughs) Be there. Be there for more. Yes. Yes. Now, family, we really hope that you've enjoyed this episode. And even more than that, We hope that you were able to see the burnout going away because now you know how to recognize it and how to get rid of it, break it, and eliminate eliminate. it. Dismantle it. (laughs) Not just recognize it, but break it and dismantle it. You're right. I am your financial auntie here with your financial big sister. And our end goal is for you to always have fulfillment and wealth on your terms as you trust God, trust yourself, and trust the process. Mm -hmm. So bye for now and continue to tap into the advantage of wealth and wisdom together. Hey family, if you would like to support us, please make sure to hit the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episodes. And if you found this episode valuable, please share it with your friends and family on social media. Don't forget to follow and like us on Instagram and Facebook at Wealth Wisdom Together. Your support means the world to us and helps us to continue to provide great content for you. Thank you for listening and look forward to another great episode next week.